guys, and welcome to the podcast. It's Josh, your favorite spiritual best friend, ready to tell you guys why your chart has you thriving and sometimes just simply surviving. We are going to talk about birth charts, the moon, how they're connected, and why Mercury in retrograde simply just sucks for everyone. And boy, does it suck. We are all going to chat and maybe figure out why some signs are better than others, depending on the day. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Josh Sanchez and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, an astrology and mental health podcast. Again, I'm your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with Aaliyah. Aaliyah, tell everybody, how are you doing today and what's on your mind? Well, hi everybody. I'm so excited to be a guest on this show. My name is Aaliyah Biondi. Aliyah like the flower Dahlia, spelled that way without the D. And it's a chilly but beautiful day here today. And I'm a sunflower. I love the sunshine and the sun is shining. So I'm a happy girl. (laughs) Well, that's good. I will say I I wish it was sunny over here in the East Coast, but it's definitely a very just like cloudy and cold. It's wintertime. That's how it gets around here. Um but yeah, my my first question before, like, because we're going to talk a little bit about everything and stuff like that. Uh, what direction would you like? What are you most comfortable talking with? Are you comfortable talking about work? You're comfortable talking about relationships first, spirituality, which which topic would you like to discuss first? Yeah, I'd love to talk about my work because I work a job that doesn't feel like a job. And then I also have a job that feels more like a job because I do one to make money and the other to fulfill my soul. So maybe we start with that. Okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds good to me. So we will get started that way then. So my first question for you is when it comes to like passions and work, what are some passions that you have? And when it comes to work, what do you like to do? So I'm a full-time yoga and meditation instructor, and I also teach spin or indoor cycling. And fitness and wellness, those are my passions. 
I haven't always been fit and I haven't always been well. And so I really appreciate those qualities or aspects of my life today because of the contrast from what I've experienced in the past. So teaching yoga is not something that's really fulfilling for a bank account, but it's very fulfilling from a spiritual perspective. And I love connecting with people. So I definitely never feel like I'm at work when I'm teaching. And then on the side, I'm also a personal assistant, an executive assistant, a virtual assistant. I have a couple of clients that I work for. And not to make it sound like that's something I don't enjoy. I do enjoy that because I enjoy helping people. But I do that, you know, because I have to pay the bills. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Trust me. I completely understand that as well. That's sort of like why I'm doing this podcast, too. That's sort of like my way of saying like, hey, like I'm able to connect with people, grow with people. And like just like you said, you got to find something to pay the bills, you know. And uh, and as I'm hearing you describe like both of your passions and stuff, my next question for you is so like what led to yoga? Like how did it all start? And and like where, where did your really like interest in yoga really begin? That's a great question. So it began in high school. I had a lot of anxiety. I was a straight A student and I didn't have very many social skills. And so I was always buried in a book or in my studies, but I had a really hard time falling asleep at night. And so I would study until 10 or 11, and then it would take me a couple of hours to fall asleep. And then I'd get up early and sometimes meet with my teacher. If I wasn't getting an A in a certain class, I'd go in early and study with them. And so there was this real perpetual cycle of not sleeping well and anxious about my grades and wanting to do really, really well. I was a perfectionist and I call myself a recovering perfectionist now because I found yoga in high school and it was the one day a week that I could rely on a really good night's sleep. I wound up taking an evening class on Mondays at my local gym. And it was something also that I was naturally good at because I wasn't athletic as a, a young person. And it made me feel good that I could go and do yoga and close my eyes and not worry about if other people were judging me and naturally had some talent, let's just say, to, you know, flexibility and holding poses. And Along the way, I wound up deciding to change my career from pre-chiropractic, following in my dad's footsteps and my brother and my uncles, and I pivoted to go to SDology school to become a skincare provider and do makeup, and I did that for a number of years working in a yoga studio and spa. Long story, slightly shorter. They eventually needed someone to work the front desk and then promoted me to assistant manager and said, you need to go through yoga teacher training if you want to keep growing in this role. And it was something that I had always wanted to do. So I put myself through a yoga teacher training program back in 2009 and uh, became studio assistant manager and then studio manager and then transferred. I was living in Minnesota, transferred out to California. And that's the short story of it all. Teaching yoga has been so fulfilling 
and I wrote a 200 hour yoga Alliance accredited teacher training curriculum that I've now led dozens of times locally and around the world and now online. And that really led me into the wellness industry, learning about Ayurveda, teaching about Ayurveda and your specific constitution or your doshas and the blend of how those can relate both mind and body. And um, something I haven't shared yet, but Josh, you may see this little picture of me. Listeners, you're not going to get to see it unless you tune into my Instagram. But um, there's a picture of me over this guy's head on a surfboard doing the splits, flying down this wave. It's a, a six to eight foot wave. So I became a professional tandem surfer um, back in 2013 and uh, did so well. I was ranked fifth in the world. But then I suffered a traumatic brain injury at World Championship Contest. And that's where a lot of my wellness focus began because I needed to heal my brain and my body after putting so much stress on it to compete at that level. Yeah, and I will I will say as a before I really get into your answer and stuff, spot on answer, like you really have taken on a lot of projects and a lot of like you are, you are a very like go getter, go getting type of person. As I'm hearing that, I'm hearing a lot of like goals, ambitions, drives, and I will say power to you for that because it is a lot of work starting like from scratch and completely finding other passions and hitting that reset button and stuff like that. And I just wanted to just provide a lot of validation when it comes to that because not a lot of people can can say, hey, I'm, I'm ranked fifth in the world in a certain aspect, but I'm also a yoga teacher while also working at another job too. So it's just like, I see a lot of just like ambition and drive. So I just wanted to say power to you for that. Thank um, you very much. I appreciate that a lot. Oh, of course, anytime. And, and like I said, like this podcast, this is all about you because this is your spiritual journey. You know, uh, you're, you're, through work, passions and everything, you're you're learning more about yourself and some things that you do like, some things that you don't like. You, it's all about your relationship with yourself, you know? So like my next question is, so I know that you, because I saw on your picture and stuff, like what it, can you, can you describe that a little bit more? So like what type of surfing is that real quick? I was just really intrigued by that. I was like, this is really cool. I love explaining this. Yes, so tandem surfing picture pairs figure skating but on a surfboard or the other thing that it's um similar to is acro yoga but again on a surfboard so two people one board ours was an 11 foot custom stand-up paddle board it had a custom rail so that the base my teammate could surf he would do uh, off the lip he even did floater with me in the air and um surfing is a big component of professional tandem surfing. What I mean is you don't get as many points if you just go straight. And uh, so picture two people, one board, I'm in front. We both paddle out. We both turn and paddle for the wave. And then my teammate will say up when he wants me to pop up. And that's important to mention because if we pop up at the same time, uh, I run the risk of hitting his chin with my head or something like that. So once he's up, he yells up and I pop up. 
and he tends to grab either my wetsuit or my waist or my hips and he'll set the line, which means he'll either make to go right or go left on the wave, depending on who's around us and how the wave is breaking. And then we do a series of acrobatic lifts. And at the pro level, each lift has to be held for one 1,000, two 1,000, three 1,000 to get full points before you transition into a different lift. And there's a sequence that we would follow or he may call something out on the fly. So we complete the wave. It's important to land back on the board, sit and finish. Although that happens probably 30 to 50% of the time, the other times I land in the water. And uh, as long as I don't land hitting the board with something other than my feet or my bottom, we're all gonna be okay. I must say that was a really spot on answer. And I learned so much about like that surfing now, like that, that's really cool. And that's definitely the first time I ever heard about someone actually doing that and stuff like that. But transitioning a little bit, I know you mentioned a lot about like work and passions and yoga and stuff like that. What are some things and like some basic techniques that you really like to teach um, like your students that are in yoga or like your clients that are participating in yoga? Another great question. So it's important to me to teach my students, clients, people who participate in my yoga classes that yoga is more than just the physical postures or the asanas. Yoga is an eight-limbed path. And the asana practice, the physical postures are one of those branches or limbs. The other seven limbs have nothing to do with the physical postures or asanas. They have more to do with how you breathe, how you treat yourself and others, the ways that you focus your mind or your attention, and also how you meditate or bring awareness inwards. And last of all, how you connect with a higher power, whatever you believe in, we'll call it for lack of a better term, the divine. And so yoga is more than just what you do on the yoga mat. It's also how you live your life. It's a lifestyle. And I hope to impart that into my classes when I teach. Yeah. And, and I will say that was, that was a spot on answer. And, and I really liked that. And I completely agree with you when it comes to yoga being more than just physical it, it's it is like a lifestyle and for like a for like what I'm currently working on now is I'm I'm trying to get my master's degree in psychology and working on being like a mental health counselor and stuff like that and and it yeah. really is it really is like a whole lifestyle when it comes to like self-care taking care of yourself while also trying to help others as well and and I've learned a lot about yoga as well during this past year and I completely agree with you and I will say that was a really spot on answer. So like continuing with continuing with that again, I know you talked a lot about like your work and your passions and you definitely have a lot of ambition and drive. My next question for you is when it comes to like taking care of yourself or doing things, I know you mentioned yoga a little bit. What are some things that you do to really like take care of yourself when you are just like tired from doing all the projects and you just need to hit that mental reset button? 
So the first thing that my mind goes to is a different form of exercise because when people see my little body, they, you know, ask me is, do you have this shape just from yoga? And the answer is no. I lift weights. I believe in building muscular strength and stability. I do a little bit of cardiovascular exercise, not to burn calories, but to exercise my heart and respiratory system. And then I also practice foam rolling and meditation to help with recovery since I do do a lot of physical activity. It's important to rest and recover. And then secondary to that is my nutrition. And I will say that I'm never on a diet, but I'm always dialed in with my nutrition. And that's really important for me because I have a lot of digestive challenges. I had a uh, life-threatening mass in my small intestines and uh, had to deal with that. And I've been diagnosed with all kinds of different gastrointestinal uh, disorders and things like that. So I'm very specific and disciplined with my nutrition. And on the one hand, you know, it keeps me in really good physical shape. On the other hand, what's more important to me is that it helps me to feel good because Josh, when I'm not having a good day, it's not because I'm bummed about someone or something, what they said or did. It's because I don't feel good. And when I don't feel good, I'm not my bubbly, happy, normal self. And so I do whatever I can to feel good and put my emphasis on feeling good over looking good. But I'll tell you, when I feel good, it shines out my face. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I will say that was another, just like really like another really like detailed and spot on answer. And I just wanted to say, I really appreciate you for being so open to sharing like your personal experiences and stuff like that, because I can only imagine just from like an outsider's perspective, like, having to deal with like the the digestive like problems and and stuff like that and always having to like monitor like what you have to eat and stuff like that in order Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself it must be a a lot like a lot of toll on like your mental state as well so I just wanted to say power to you again for being able to find solutions and and over and overcome those solution uh, those conflicts and stuff like that and there's a term that I always like to tell people that when when like they do overcome adversity it's this idea of like resiliency you know and it's mm-hmm. it's the idea of taking on just like challenges but being able to bounce back and you learn so much from them and that's something that I see a lot in you, Aaliyah, as well, is a lot of resiliency, being able to bounce back, take on new projects and stuff like that. So, again, I just wanted to say power to you for that. And and I really just wanted to say thank you also again for sharing that, um, because it definitely means a lot here on the podcast and stuff like that. So continuing a little bit, I know we talked a lot about work. You talked a lot about like passions and stuff like that. My next question for you is like, what's some advice that you would give to someone? Let's say someone is just trying to either start out yoga or just trying to figure out what they want to do in their life. Um, what's what's like some advice that you would give to them and 
And like, what else? Like, and like, what else? When it comes to like feelings and stuff like that too, like, what would you do to help them? Mm. Well, I think it's really important to establish a loving relationship with yourself. And I say that because I really appreciate your acknowledgement of my resiliency. And I can share vulnerably that it has been difficult. For example, I've lost friends because of that situation and not understanding, you know, what I go through as far as the pain uh, that I suffer from with certain food foods, if they're mixed in with what I've eaten by mistake and losing friends has been very difficult because I felt unseen and not cared about and all kinds of um, challenging feelings and had to recognize that it really had less to do with me and more to do with that person and whatever it is that that person was going through. So circling back to my advice is to have a really loving and tender relationship with yourself in whatever way you can establish that. For me, when I was single and before I met my husband, I spent a period of almost two years not dating Uh, Well, actually, I was dating. I was dating myself and I took myself out to dinner alone without a book and I would put my phone in my car so I couldn't just scroll and I would just be really present and notice when I felt insecure, like are people looking at me or judging me and I'd take myself to concerts. This was you know, pre-pandemic when we had live music more frequently and I wouldn't worry about being alone. In fact, I even traveled alone and recognized that I was only really by myself if I wanted to be. If I didn't want to be, I could strike up a conversation with the server at a restaurant or even someone in a grocery store, or if I were shopping, I could meet people and establish a connection, even though I was shy still at that time. It really helped to break me out of my shell. And so I really suggest to people, do whatever it takes to learn about yourself, step one, and establish self-awareness. And from self-awareness, integrate a little bit of self-acceptance, accept who you are and also who you aren't, accept your strengths and also your weaknesses. And after you establish this practice of self-awareness and self-acceptance, you're well on your journey towards self-love. And I say it's a journey, not a destination, because there's always going to be, you know, curve balls and I get down on myself. I'm my own biggest critic, but I come back to a loving place of really wanting to take this kind of tender care of myself in the same kind of way that I tenderly love and care the people that are closest to me in my life. Wow. And I will say that was some really great advice that you gave and Ali and I and I really appreciate that a lot as well, because like you said, it is all about self-acceptance and self-love, because I mean, the longest relationship you're going to have 
in this world is the relationship with yourself. So being able to, yeah, like being able to accept yourself, accept your flaws, accept everything with yourself. That's a, that is a very critical first couple steps in order to get to where you want to be and meet the people that you want to be and stuff like that. So power to you for that, for learning that and also instructing that as well to your clients and to whomever is uh, in your corner for helping. So I will say power to you for that. So thank you. Of course. Yeah. Any, any time. Yeah. So transitioning a little bit to astrology a little bit, because I know we talked a lot about like work. We talked a lot about like spirituality as well and understanding yourself. Um, So your chart actually, uh, as I, as I'm about to, as I, as I'm about to start reading your chart and stuff like that, um, my first question for you though, is like when it comes to astrology, like how much do you really know about astrology and, and what are some parts that really interests you? I'm just curious. Just want to see what's, what's on your mind. Yeah, that's a fun question. So, um, I think I know all 12 Zodiac signs. Um, sometimes maybe once or twice a year, I will try and count them on my hand and make sure that I remember all of them. I think I know a little bit about most of the signs. Um, I know a little bit about Pisces, which is my mom and Taurus, which is my dad. My husband's a cancer. Um, But for myself specifically, I'm very intrigued by my chart because my birthday is December 23rd and the sign changes from Sagittarius to Capricorn on December 22nd. And so I don't know if I'm technically a cusp. I think the cusp would be the 22nd, but I have always resonated more with the Sagittarius um, aspects of the chart because I love to travel and I'm a free spirit and I make friends easily and things like that. But I also do know that I have a lot of Capricorn qualities like my resiliency and determination. And I'm a goal setter. You know, I like to have goals to strive towards for the future, but also to remind myself being present with what I've accomplished and overcome to get to where I am today. So I hope that answers your question a little bit. I I really am interested in astrology and the charts and the signs, um, but I, I'm definitely not an expert. Yeah. And I will say, I I always ask that question just because like, I just, I'm just curious to know, because I also know like astrology has always been popular, but a lot of people have picked up on it, like since the pandemic and stuff like that. And, and to answer your question, like technically you are a Capricorn because you're on the 23rd and the first date of the season starts the 22nd, like, like cusp, cusp kids are usually like usually like two or three days before the sign shift. So like the 19th, 20, 21st. Um, But, but like you said though, like you do have a lot of Capricorn energy as well as Sagittarius energy. And this transitions perfectly to your chart because you are a Capricorn sun and your sun is like, your sun sign is who you are to your core. So when people ask you like, what are you? You're like, yeah, like I'm a Capricorn. And, and that explains a lot of like your resiliency and stuff like that. And to put it in perspective, I also have a Capricorn moon in my chart. 
And Hmm. yeah, so like your moon sign is how like you feel emotionally and how like you process things emotionally. So you're a double earth. So you have a Capricorn sun, but then you have a Virgo moon. So with a Virgo moon, you're very like detail oriented. And that definitely explains why, like when it comes to work, like you, you learn all your research and you really get into the details about specific things that work. Um, and, and for our last question of the podcast, like I usually just read your sun and moon and it says a lot about that. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but I know you said you have a lot of like Sagittarius energy and this makes sense because your Mercury, um, your Mercury is a Sagittarius and the Mercury is the planet of communication. So Mm. like how you communicate with people. And since yours is in Sagittarius, you're very like blunt and honest, but you're also very like free, free spirited. So when it comes to your communication, you're not shy to really like be social with people and communicate with people that way, you know, um, some people, their Mercuries are like, are chill. So that way they don't, they don't like talk as much. Whereas like with you, like I definitely picked up on that through our conversation (laughs) so far, like you really get into details and you're very like specific and you're very social when it comes to that. So I really wanted to point that out as well, because I know you mentioned like, I definitely, I definitely relate more to my Sag side. Um, and that's definitely part of it. And Mercury is a big part of anybody's chart that really doesn't get talked about enough. And then your Venus sign. So the Venus is the planet of love and like relationships and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. yours is in Scorpio. So we'll talk a little about relationships. That'll probably be our next transition. Um, But your Venus sign is in Scorpio. And then your rising sign. So your rising sign is like who you appear to others as. So your rising is actually an Aries. So you have a, a fire sign that is... Like you come off the people as like a fire sign. So very just like adventurous, loves to travel, free spirited, can be very blunt and honest with people. So like that's who you appear to others as. So that's a little bit of like your chart because the signs I know best are rising, sun, moon, Mercury, Venus. And then Mars is like planet of like aggression and your Mars is in Pisces. So you have a you have like a lot not you have no air in your chart, which is definitely very I can definitely can point that out but you have a double earth you have water for your Mars and and love language and your Mercury is fire and you also come off the people as fire so you have a great balance of like each of the three elements besides air but I will say like as I and and I'll give you a more better reading as we end the podcast and stuff like that but that's a little bit of like your chart so like as I'm describing it a little bit What are some thoughts that really come to your mind? I'm fascinated. Really appreciate the reading. I've learned some things and um, I'm eager to learn more. I am. It's interesting to me because being someone who's prone to some anxiety and also uh, without going into too many details, prone to, you know, digestive issues. Um. I would say inside my body, there is a lot of air. (laughs) 
air in my <laughs> mind and and in my tummy. So it's interesting that there's no air in my chart, but it's also maybe my body wants to compensate or something like that. But the interesting part is being double earth because for a long time, and I think this has to do with trauma that I experienced earlier in my life, but for a long time, I was not a very grounded person and I couldn't really feel my feet on the earth so much so that I grew dreadlocks and went around barefoot and really sought out this like groundedness that I was missing because I felt like I was always with my head in the clouds and I felt more comfortable in the water than on the land. So becoming more grounded and also more, uh, let's say, while also grounded in my earth signs has been a, a journey for me, a process, definitely. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I, I always like to ask that question as well, too, because like it's definitely interesting hearing like this reading and stuff like that. And another quality when it comes to earth signs. So I'm actually a double earth as well. So I'm a Taurus sun with a Capricorn moon. So oh, like nice. so like with like earth signs, it's very grounded. It's very like very disciplined, very has a, a lot of like self-control. Um, so I, I definitely hear those qualities as well when it comes to you as well, because it definitely does take a lot of self-control in order to like take on new projects and stay disciplined and also like understand understanding like your body and your mind and all that. So it takes a lot of like self-discipline as well. Um, so, right. that, so that was definitely like another quality as I'm hearing our conversations about work and passions and communication and all that stuff. Those, that's, that's like true. another quality that like I really thought like stood out to you as well. Um, so transitioning a little bit, because I know I usually like to talk about relationships as well when it comes to like the podcast and stuff like that. OK, so so when it comes to like relationships and stuff like that, what are some qualities that you really like look for when it comes to a partner? Because I know you mentioned that like you are married and stuff like that. So like what are some qualities that really stand out to you when it comes to finding that ideal partner? Finding an ideal partner was something that I never expected to experience in my lifetime. And I think I set really high standards. But one of the qualities that I was really looking for and, and was really hard to find was someone who was independent and felt secure enough in himself to love me for my independence because I do have a very alternative lifestyle and independence for me is very important, but just as important is staying connected. And we kind of straddle this line frequently where because my husband and I are both so independent, we actually have to work harder to reconnect than, let's say, other individuals in a coupleship where they're more interdependent or codependent. But connection while maintaining our own independence was really, really important. And I didn't know if I'd ever find that unicorn, but Praise God I did. <laughs> and, and I will say power to you for that. And I can I can only imagine because, again, like when you are very independent, 
Um, I, I definitely can relate a little bit too in my own relationships too, because we kind of, me and my partner, we both kind of like are independent and doing our own things. Like sort of like how, like what you said, like you're taking on like a lot of projects and stuff. So having to reconnect with that, with that partner can definitely like be like something that can be challenging when both people are very independent and they're doing like their own careers, you know, and doing all those things. Um, so as I was hearing you like describe that, I was just like, yeah, cause like me and me and my girlfriend, we're currently in, in two different schools, you know, I'm running podcasts, I'm live streaming from time to time. I'm getting my master's. She's also getting her master's, you know? So it's just like that when you're both so independent and you're both like very self-sufficient, you know, being able to reconnect is definitely something that is definitely vital in your relationship. And I will say power to you and your husband for finding that as well, because I, I, cause I, when it comes to like independence and stuff, a lot of couples really tend to struggle when it comes to that, you know? And so power to you when it comes to that. And, and I definitely could only imagine it must've definitely been like a, like a long journey finding that, but I'm happy that <laughs> I'm happy that you guys found that. So <laughs> I Such will say a long journey. I kissed way too many frogs <laughs> before I found my prince. Can I tell you a quick story? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. This is your spiritual journey, whatever you're comfortable with. So a couple of years ago, before we were engaged, I went to Indonesia for a month and I led a yoga teacher training there, an intensive program. And then I worked at Bali Spirit Fest and, you know, really had a wonderful time and spent a month away. And when I came back, my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, took me out to dinner and we're having a nice conversation. And I had been given an opportunity to potentially go back to Indonesia that same year for a month. And so I very hesitantly brought it up and said, you know, I want to ask how you would feel about this because uh, a month away is a long time. And we had a dog together and, you know, lived together and we're splitting rent and all the things. And I said, I want to know how you would feel at the potential for me to go back to Indonesia this year, you know, within six months or so, but for another 30 plus day stay. And he paused and kind of looked down and thought about it for a minute and then looked back up at me. And he said, you know, I'll be really jealous, but I'll never hold you back from anything. And in that moment, fireworks went off in my heart and I just knew this is the man for me. It was like, put a ring on it. Let's go. I'm ready. I, I can be in a relationship with someone like this who's so open to express how he would feel and also willing for me to do my thing in life and know that we'll still have that same trust and loyalty and commitment, uh, even from a distance. And I did wind up going back to Indonesia for a second month that year. While we were engaged, he proposed about a month after that conversation about going back. And uh, it was such a 
pivotal time in our relationship, just knowing that I may go on a grand adventure, he may be jealous or vice versa. He does fun adventures as well without me from time to time, but that we'll always support each other and always have our commitment and our loyalty to one another. Yeah. And, and I, I will say that is a, that is a great answer. And, and I'm very happy for you and him for being able to work together and be honest with each other and being able to discuss that and also continue your career paths and stuff like that. Because a, a very important thing that I've also learned and I've also been I've experienced talking to friends, family, loved ones, everybody like when you date somebody, a very important thing is like you guys are growing together, you know, and the fact that he was not that he was willing for you to continue to grow and not hold you back. Like you said, like, I can definitely see why the fireworks would come there. Like, that's a very like, yeah, that's like a great that must have been like a great moment for both of you because you guys are both able to take that and then grow from it now and you ended up going to Indonesia for a month and that must have been a great experience um it's actually it's crazy how the world all comes back full circle um my girlfriend's best friend that really got me into like this whole astrology and stuff like that she actually is from Indonesia so I was just like wow so I'm like the fact that you just talked about Indonesia I'm like it all comes back to full circle it's crazy how the universe works sometimes I just wanted to point that out too Um, That's awesome. (laughs) But yeah, so continuing our conversation a little bit. So like the last point that I really want to add and last question I want to ask you when it comes to relationships is I know you mentioned like with you and your husband and stuff like that. What's some advice that you would give to somebody that is trying to figure out relationships? And because I know relationships can be very complicated and it's a lot of work. Um, So what's some advice that you would give to someone that is pursuing a relationship or you know, just trying to, to get over the hump in a relationship. Set standards and don't settle because I didn't do that for a long time. And I was in a lot of terrible relationships, to be honest with you. I was taken for granted. I was taken advantage of. I was told that I was loved by men who treated me like a floor mat and I made them a priority and they made me an option. And I wish I hadn't tolerated that. I wish I hadn't accepted that in my life. Of course, it made me stronger. It made me who I am. But at the same time, I didn't have enough self-respect or even confidence during that season in my life to not tolerate that kind of treatment. And so if you're in a relationship and you're not being treated well, I know it's difficult to end relationships. And oftentimes it seems like the alternative of being single is worse than staying in a relationship that's unhealthy. But I promise you it's not. Staying in an unhealthy relationship can wreak havoc on your body and your mind and your health and and all kinds of things. And I think it's really important to have the determination to pick yourself up and start over at any point in life if a relationship is toxic or abusive or unhealthy. And that's really what it came down to for me was abusive relationship after abusive relationship and finally realizing that I was perpetuating these relationships by accepting them into my life. And 
that was really the catalyst for starting a real relationship with myself and realizing that I'm worthy of the type of love that doesn't say I love you and then treat me poorly, whether it's physically or mentally. Um, that's not okay in any relationship. And if that's something that you're going through, I really suggest seeking help, getting support, finding ways to end that relationship and heal your body and your mind and your heart. But on the other side, if you're pursuing a healthy relationship, then my advice is to be real vulnerable in your communication. For a long time, it was hard for me to feel my feelings and be able to articulate them. And that became even harder after the brain injury. I couldn't really access that part of my mind or my body um, to express my feelings. So there's a little bit of work that you can do by yourself, whether it's in meditation or journaling or just learning what feelings are and how they're experienced in the body. I remember actually doing a Google search for myself to understand like the wheel of emotions and be able to understand for myself. I don't just feel happy or sad. Sometimes I feel frustrated. Sometimes I'm confused. Sometimes I'm irritated. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't know how I feel and have to go back and uh, try and pull apart those threads and, and detangle it for myself. But that's all a part of the work. And if you're willing to do the work and communicate how you feel, then the right relationship at the right time, it'll find you. That's, an, that, that's how I wound up married to my husband. Is he basically, he found me and it was beautiful. Wow. And I, and I will say that was some great advice that you gave. And just from answering two parts of the question, because I know I did ask a two part question. I apologize for that. But I will say um, I will say that was a really spot on answer. And and that's really like you said, like everything when it comes to like knowing like your self-worth and seeking help when you are going through a very abusive relationship to even like yeah. being emotionally vulnerable when you are in a healthy one. That's definitely some, those are definitely two things that can really be challenging in both those scenarios. Um, and I can definitely relate to that a lot when it comes to like my personal experience as well. Like I've gone to therapy and I always recommend everybody to go to therapy because that really helped me take the steps to, and meditation as well and all that stuff too. Um, it really helps you like express yourself emotionally and stuff like that. And, and I will say like, that was just a, again, like a really spot on answer by you, Aaliyah. And, and I will say, I've really enjoyed our time when it comes to our podcast together and stuff like that. It's been a really great conversation. So to wrap up our conversation, just like I mentioned before, I always Google everyone that comes on the podcast, their, their sun mm -hmm. and their moon sign. It's usually the link that I send you uh, once I send mm -hmm. you your chart and stuff like that. The website is thehoroscope.co. It's a great website. If you ever want to learn like your sun and moon combination, just pop this right up and it's a great website to have. So for you, you are a Capricorn sun with a Virgo moon and it says an analytical personality. A glorified know-it-all, the Capricorn sun Virgo moon personality comes with the most unexpected and practical solutions regardless of problem or who is facing it. Positives for your Capricorn Sun Virgo Moon combination. 
rational, methodical, and very determined. Negatives can be a little bit fixed, fixated, and a little bit obsessive. Perfect partner, someone who is organized and neat. Word of advice to your sun and moon combination. They should try to be a little bit more romantic. So as, so as I am reading your sun and moon combination, and I know it's just your double art, your, your double earth signs. What are some thoughts that come to mind and how do you feel about it? Yeah, that's pretty spot on. I think a lot of those qualities definitely resonate with me. When I first heard that I could be a little bit romantic, my ego was like, no, I'm romantic enough. But then I thought back and, you know, I could definitely be a little bit more thoughtful in the way that I approach romance. So uh, I resonate with all of that and the determination is huge for me. And uh, I can also be a little bit opinionated. I'm obviously quite wordy, uh, but I love to communicate and articulate and try to share complex concepts in a digestible way that people can relate to. Okay, I got you. And I will say it. That's another spot on answer as well. Cause, and it's very interesting because when I read this to a lot of people, a lot of people have like that like shock moment at first. So I will say like that was another spot on answer. And before we wrap everything up here, Aaliyah, where can everybody find you on social media? And when it comes to like your own yoga work and your own professional work, where can everybody follow you at? Oh, thank you for that. So, I have all the social media channels at Alia Yoga, spelled A-H-L-I-A on Instagram. I also host a podcast, so you can find that on Instagram at What's Wellness Podcast. And if you feel inclined to tune in, What's Wellness with Alia Yoga is the name of the podcast. It's on all the podcast platforms. I teach a live virtual all levels vinyasa style class on Zoom every week on Wednesday. It's a donation based class. I do require pre-registration so that I know who's going to be in attendance and I customize the flow based on that. So if you have any interest in practicing with me, no matter where you are in the world, it's Wednesdays at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Zoom. And then my website has on-demand classes, 30-minute, 45-minute, 60-minute classes, both beginner, foam roll, all levels vinyasa. So that would be my website, aliyayoga.com forward slash shop, S-H-O-P, where you can find those on-demand classes or aliyayoga.com if you're interested in yoga teacher training. It's an fully accredited online program and it's a 200 hour curriculum. And I typically have a couple people going through it at any given time. The self-paced version is really accessible for people with full-time jobs or also in school or with a family. So I'm really proud of that, that that's available online. And my email is alia at aliayoga.com. And listeners, you're welcome to reach out, email me anytime, ask questions or comments. 
feedback. I'm, I'm an open book. Well, and I, and I will say, and I also will let you know, all the links will be in the podcast description as well. So, cause I know you definitely have like a lot of platforms and stuff like that too. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely will just send me all the links and stuff like that and we'll be good. So I will say, okay. I will say, Aliyah, I had a great time having our conversation and please stay safe over there on the West coast. Josh, you're awesome. Thank you for the wonderful questions and and the acknowledgments. And I loved your reading of my chart. And thank you for the opportunity to share on your platform. I hope you stay safe and healthy and happy as well. And I would like to say if there's anything I can ever do to contribute positively for you, please reach out to me. I'd love to stay connected.